All right, looks like we're live, right? Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Orion Rising News. I am your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into the show. Okay, share this out, share this out, share this out. Make comments in the in the uh, chat. I can see them, right? Got the window up. My camera went off again. I'll have to turn that back on. It keeps tripping, so I'll probably not be on the camera mostly because of it doing that. I don't know why it's doing that again. Uh, it's, you know, I jiggle the desk and the, it doesn't make the connection properly and it ends up um, turning off. I don't know what the deal is with that. Some days it doesn't do that and some days it does. It just so happens that today is one of those days where it's um, wanting to stay off, which is okay, right? Angela, welcome. Hi. Right? See, now the camera came back on, right? Isn't that weird? Right? That's bizarre. Okay, share this out, share this out, share this out. Um, <clears throat> I ended up coming on Thursday, Wednesday when I normally come on. Um, I did not because uh, it was St. Patrick's Day. And then there's, I was going on Tuesday for a long time with um, Mandy from Mandy Wilson from Ancient Aliens, the headmistress at Ancient Aliens Worldwide. Um, but we just haven't been able to connect. I was making sure here that I was live because I'm not using another monitor. Debbie, welcome, welcome. Share this out. Thank you for sharing. Um. So it is Thursday, so uh, today's we're not going to be talking about spiritual stuff. There may be a little bit mixed in, but today is going to be Orion Rising News, so that's going to be politics and um, news. So that pisses off some people. So if you're not about politics and news today, change the channel. So you got a lot to talk about, right? The first thing I want to talk about is this supposed um, woke. Wait, I could turn my camera on really quickly while it's working, right? Let's do that so you guys can see me. Those of you, namaste, with the benefit of... Watching on the MP4 until my camera just went off right there when I hit the microphone. <laughs> right? Did you see that? I bumped the microphone with my hand and the camera turned off. Now I have to go, and it keeps defaulting uh, to my OBS of uh, 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 camera, right? And I, that's because I had it on earlier. So that's what the problem is. I think the two operating systems are interacting with each other, and it does that with my XSplit as well when I try to answer um, a call on uh, Messenger. Uh, on this computer, it'll it'll uh, it'll jump to or no, on my other computer, it jumps to um, uh, my exploit scene just like that is the the default. So I think that's hilarious that it's doing that here. So that's why I'll probably just leave up the banner. Um, I did that last week. Just left the banner up for everybody to see. So please share. Like I said, I have that on the on the screen there. Um, yeah, glitch in the system, right? See, there goes the camera again. So I'm just gonna put the put this back up and just leave it. I mean, I could just leave that, right? The the camera there, because then you could just see me talking and you know I'm here, right? You said a little wah, 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 every time I make a sentence, right? So like I said, please share. And, um, you know, if you guys have any questions, just talk in the chat. This is live. So I will be able to answer. So the first thing I'm speaking about today is this fake worldwide fake racial upheaval. Okay. Um, there is no racial upheaval worldwide. This is a lie that's being fabricated by the system. It's propaganda. It's being fabricated by, um, over in America, the, the um, radical left communist party that's trying to take over, right? And Julia, hello. Well, hello, right? Show this out. Uh, and that, that group of people globally are working for the same agenda, okay? So you have, so you have the communist Chinese government and they're the puppet masters behind, well, they're being propped up as the puppet masters because the powers that should not be want America to go to war with China. 
Okay. The reason they want that to happen is is the the agenda that there's too many humans on this planet. They've been trying to destroy the people on this planet for a while to because there's too many people like you, me, and everybody else that are really awake. Not this fake woke crap, right? If you're in Hollywood and you think you're woke, you're not. You didn't even graduate high school. You got into acting because the bigger kids beat you up, the jocks beat you up. So you got into acting because they didn't do that, and then you made yourself rich, and now you now you think you're elitist, and you think because you've learned movie scripts that you're the most intelligent people on the face of the earth. You're not. Okay, so just because you make a lot of money doesn't make you smart. There are far the the best conversation I ever had with any human being in my life was when I was 25 and I got a cab. The cab driver was a 68-year-old man who was driving cab because he was bored at home and it was the most intellectual conversation I ever had in my life with, a, with another human being. And the guy was not a, a, a rocket scientist. He wasn't wealthy. He, didn't get, he was just a very, very intelligent man. He must have had a genius IQ. Okay? So just because you're an actor in Hollywood doesn't mean that you're smart. Right? And most of these academics, if you know what I know, most of these academics in the academic world aren't smart either. Right? And um, right, yeah, we'll be we'll be getting it. I'll, you know, I might cover that. Uh, Lenora says, "Let's talk about this false uh, booby traps implants." Um, you know, I just was watching. I don't know what it was. Something I was watching the other day, and this guy had like implants in his hands. He had all kinds of implants to do different things, like he start his motorcycle and uh, and uh, do, you know, de alarm his house and just all this stuff. And I was like, "Wow, okay, so." That plays in with the temporal war. We'll get into that, Lenora. I think I like that. I've seen your name long. It's, it's Lenore, right? I'm saying Lenora, like the E's hyphenated. Um, I apologize if I'm if I'm saying your name wrong. So, so we'll get. I'm going to get to that too because that's a good topic to cover. But let's go back really quickly to this fake uh, uh, racial war that's going on. Okay, they keep propagating all over the news here in America. And I know this is happening all over Europe as well. So it's happening across the world. Everybody that I talk to in Australia, everywhere. Okay, and um, there's Jeff. Welcome, Jeff. I don't know how long he'll be here. That's my brother in real life, Jeff Neal, right there, who just said hello in the chat. He's my real life younger brother. Um, that shows you right there that a, the name I use right now is an alias. My, in fact, my real last name is N E A L <laughs> Junior, because I was named after my father. This name that I'm using is my pen name. So, because uh, I've written three books under this name, so I use this name as my brand name while I'm out here. So it is different than my legal name. Anyways. So all across the world, we have this fake racial war that's going on. And here's a, for instance, here in the United States, just the other day, a day or two ago, I, I'm not sure if it, if it was yesterday or if it in fact was Tuesday. It is now Thursday here in the U.S. It's in the, it's a 4.07 p.m. Thursday evening in the U.S. For those of you who are listening to me from around the world and, and that, you know, the number thing is different. Okay. So your timeline is different. So here's, here's the deal. So this guy, white guy. He goes into the spa and apparently he murders some people and then he like leaves and goes across the street to some convenience store and kills a couple more people over there. Because he was white, the media immediately latched on to the idea that he killed all these people who were all Korean. Right. And so he immediately they're reporting him with the propaganda that they've been using to try and demonize 75 million people in America who voted for Donald Trump. That he's obviously, and they like to use this term too, he's a right-wing militia. Do you understand what the word militia is used for in the United States of America? The word militia is, is the National Guard. 
Okay. It's a volunteer group of people that want to defend their state. You see, when you signed up to become a state in the union of the United States, one of the things they put into the constitution was that each individual state was still a free and sovereign nation, just like the European union. So when people think of the United States, they're, they're trying to make you believe that it's the United States and that their provinces are counties of the United States. That's what the federal government wants you to believe. So they're saying that these are evil militias because what the militia is, the militia is the freestanding army of each individual state volunteers who keep those armies in case the federal government gets too out of control and then they'll still have a standing army to actually uh, you know, fight their way into freedom or away from the, the crazy federal government. And that's what happened when the South rose up because of slavery and because the North treating them like they were third-class citizens, if not their own slaves as well, they, they rebelled because they, they said, we don't want any more slaves. And the South said, wait a minute, no, we want slaves still. That was the main reason for the Civil War. Okay, but they were able to do that because they had their own militias that they turned into a national southern army. So the government of the United States has been trying to break that ever since. And any state whose militia gets too big, the federal government, almost exclusively 100% under Democratic rule here, goes in and attacks those people and kills them or arrests them all and makes up some charges of treasonous acts to keep the militias from having enough strength to actually defeat the American government if they have to. Thank you. Thank you, Angie, for sharing. Thank you for that. Everybody share, out, share this out, share this out. Okay. So they're, they use this rhetoric, right? They're now using this rhetoric that if you're white, you're a white Anglo-Saxon terrorist. And that means you also, they're trying to tie in, well, you must be an Aryan biker and that you're obviously a right winger, crazy and QAnon. You're a QAnon fan, and you have to be because you're white. So they said this guy was all those things and that he was racially motivated and he was killing Koreans. They plastered it all over the news. They still said it today. Even though during the press conference, they asked the sheriff, was this racially motivated? The sheriff said, no, it was not. He says, you're sure of this. How do you know that this was not racially motivated? He says, because I asked the suspect because they have him in custody. Because everybody, all you guys kept saying this was racially motivated. So I asked him, was this racially motivated? He said, no, I'm a sex addict. And these people were just an opportunity for me to get easy money, but they fought back. So I had to kill them. Had nothing whatsoever to do with race. It was random. He saw that they seemed to have money. And he did what he did to get the money. It had nothing to do with race. So that was broadcast last night all over the air. Today at noon, California time, I see a local news station, Channel 3 News over here, which is an NBC affiliate, which is a, a propaganda machine for the Democratic Party. They're still pressing the idea that, he, that it was a, a racially motivated. And in fact, the uh, Camel Toe Harris, the, the, the uh, supposed pretense vice president of the United States, she came out last night and said, oh, what a tragedy. She was saying it again today all over the, the uh, what a tragedy. This, all this attack from this hateful white guy who's obviously and starts using the same bullet point uh, talking points. Racist, white guy, QAnon, militia, evil right winger, uh, part of the Proud Boys, uh, KKK, right? And this guy's not any of that. None of it. 
They did an exclaim. They did the FBI even asked to talk to him because they thought the whole thing, you know, none of it. But they're still saying it was racially motivated today on the news. It's a lie. They keep saying race this, race that, race this. Everything is racial identity now. And they're doing that on purpose because they're trying to, yeah, right? <laughs> Sorry, Angie, you caught that. <laughs> Angie caught my, what, I, what I was calling uh, Kamala Harris, right? <laughs> so, yeah, that's what we call her out here in California, by the way, is everybody in California, uh, that's what we call her. She's Campbell Toe Harris. Okay, so, um, yeah, and my brother says she's insane. She is crazy. She is nuts, uh, just like all the rest of those communists, okay? So... The, the whole thing is the reason why they're doing this, and I did an entire show last week and the week before on this, on my Orion Rising News. The reason they're doing this is because if they can get, it's the, it's the, uh, the Jedi mind trick. It's the gaslight. Look over here, look over here, look over here. There's racial tension. There's a race war. There's a race war. There's a race war. They can't wait for the drunk rednecks to start shooting back. They thought they had that kid pinned down because he shot a couple of people. Well, oddly, he wasn't shooting black people. Oddly, they were, there was one guy that was black that he shot at, but one guy he killed was Hispanic, and the other guy was a white guy that he shot in the wrist, and the one that did die, was a, well, I don't think he was black. He might have been. But it, so it wasn't like he was hunting black people. So they had to drop the racial narrative, right? But they still went after him for murder, and then the videotapes that the guys filmed who were trying to beat his ass surfaced, and you see these people running after him and beating him over the head, and he's he's defending himself on the ground with a guy who pulls a gun on him. He's on his back on the ground, and he pulls his gun up, and the guy's pointing a gun at him, and he shoots the, the guy's hand. Didn't shoot the guy in the head. Could have shot him in the head and killed him. So they're still trying to pin that guy as a racist. Well, that didn't work. So now they're just trying to get him for murder, and then now they're trying to keep it out of the out of the media so that you don't know what's going on with it. Okay, if I were that kid, I'd be suing every news agency just like uh, little uh, young uh, Squire Sandman did. And that guy's a multi-billionaire by this point. And, uh, but he can't tell what, how much he won because they have a disclosure agreement that he can't, a silence agreement, so he can't talk about it. Okay, so yeah, Julie says, laugh out loud, trust me. Uh, they'll know when the rednecks have, have had enough. I agree. But see, that's what they're wanting. They're wanting that to happen, so they start playing cowboy and nigger like they did cowboy and Indian, right? That's what they want to happen. That's why, that's why we need to not allow that to happen. Okay, what do we need to have that happen is to have all the Democrats that voted these people in office see them for who they really are. That's when I want the rednecks get, to get fed up because that's when we get impeachments and shit like that. Okay, so so I don't want to see civil unrest. I don't want to see violence because they're they're we are the most integrated nation now. We're like the UK. We're completely integrated. No one cares about race. The only people who talk about race are the people who are paid to Antifa. Black Lives Matter and the news agencies. And they're all paid by the same people who own those same news agencies. And then you have big tech who's falling in line with that because they're being given carte blanche to, to basically, you know, these people started their platforms to fight against fascism so that everybody had an equal say. And now they're erasing people if they have a conservative voice. Things that I'm saying right now might get me uh, uh, kicked off the air for it. But I don't care anymore because of Facebook and YouTube are the least of my attraction for my podcast. Okay, I don't have any anybody who's paying for me, any sponsors that can pull their ads. I have out of pocket 100% pay for my show, period, and it's and it's gone out to places that they don't control. Okay? I I early on said to to fight this cabal, you have to be in the places it's literally it's it's you know, Shenzhou. Fight your enemy where they're not. You have to go to where they're not 
So they don't have control over you right now. They control big tech and they control, you know, the, so because of that, they control the internet. Well, I don't need the internet. I don't need that. Right. I don't need, they can't erase me from the entire internet. Apple can knock me off of Apple. They can knock me off of YouTube. They can knock me off of Facebook. That's it. That's their reach. Right. I'm in places that they don't, that they've never gotten to. Now they'll have to spend a lot of money if they really come in after me because I'm the, the big guy, which we're in trouble if I'm the last one. Right. Reese, welcome. Right. Don't forget America now. Asia, uh, Asia lives matter. Yeah. Now we're going to have that. Right. Asian lives matter. And that's going to be OK. So they're going to be marching with the black people now. Black lives matter. Asian lives matter. They'll start that up because George Soros will fund it. Right. He's the one him and, and Mike Bloomberg and Mark Zuckerberg and, and what's his name? The bald guy from uh, from uh, 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 YouTube or uh, Google uh, there. I can't think of his name right now. Uh, they're, they're the ones that are, that are funding all this in the DNC. So they'll just start it all up because they want every race to hate the white people. And the reason for that is because the white people are the ones who stand up and start shooting back. We're the rednecks. So they need to get us on our heels and to shut up and comply to do that. And also white people own more guns than other, other races do. So to get white people to comply, they have to beat us down and beat us down and beat us down. That's what they're working on with this fake race. And it's not just in America, guys. It's all over the world. Any country that you're in, I'll guarantee you that you, will, you would say to me, yeah, they're trying to do the same shit over here. They're trying to turn everybody into a socialist country, and this is a worldwide grab. It's a coup. It's a worldwide coup attempt, okay? And they've been working at it for a long time, so that's why they went in, in bed with the Chinese on this, okay? The Chinese has got control of the American government, most of the Democratic Party. I'm, they just went after uh, Swalwell today. I don't know what the outcome of the vote is. I'm sure it's going to be party line. So you can have every Democrat saying, no, we're not going to make him step down off the Intelligence Committee, even though the only reason he is in power and is in the Intelligence Committee is because the spy who loved him, who he was having sex with, made his career and paid for it. And in fact, even embedded a spy in his uh, in his system after she left when the uh, FBI found out about it. And he's not the only one. I did a whole show on that. Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, uh, Dianne Feinstein, uh, uh, what's his name, Crazy Adam Schiff, all of them are being paid by the FBI or by the C the the, uh, the CCP, the, the Chinese Communist Party. And if not, they also had a spy in their midst. Okay, so these people are corrupted from the inside, and of course they're working for the agenda. The Chinese bragged about it. I had a I did a show about it. The Chinese bragged about it more than twice on air that they controlled people in the high up government of the United States of America and that they were going to, at all costs, make sure that, Don that Donald Trump did not win the election at all costs. Okay. And then the whole story broke about the, what had happened during the election. And they immediately jumped on that and said, if you say anything that has to do with that, you're automatically a crazy lunatic. They keep bringing up this QAnon. QAnon hasn't been on, talking. I haven't checked lately. But the last time QAnon made a post was somewhere around October of last year. Okay. QAnon has disappeared because whoever they were in the government, they don't have those jobs anymore because they were part of Donald Trump's regime. Okay. So they haven't been on the air saying anything to anyone anywhere, as far as I know. But I, but don't, don't get me wrong. I haven't checked their their uh, their site where they post for a while. I haven't checked the deep the deep uh, deep dark websites, right? The dark state. I haven't gone there to, to find out. So there might be some chatter, but I'm not hearing any from any of the channels that I've gotten before. Okay, and most of the people who listened to QAnon in the beginning or Q. In the beginning, pretty much poo-pooed all that because it, it's the whole thing's kind of crazy, and I don't even want to get into how to the algorithm of that. 
Okay. Well, actually, I should. I should explain it because what I have been told is that the Q is an algorithm. It's a bunch of people. I've heard that it's four to seven people, but they have an algorithm. And the algorithm is one of those things like the Bible code. There was another one that they had um, that talked about the Third World War and when it was going to happen and all that, uh, which they got wrong. Here's the thing with algorithms, guys. What their algorithm was supposed to be doing was looking into the future, predicting because of trends on the Internet. And I've, I've, I've delved into that and was part of a study that we worked on that and, thought, and worked that through. And, and my problem with it was chaos theory. I kept saying, just like Nostradamus, I kept saying, look, here's the actual truth of this. I'm not going to get into it really deep, but I'm going to give you the tools that you can go down that rabbit hole. If you want to come back tomorrow on, on uh, 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 talking about the law of one, you'll get more in-depth uh, on that. Okay, So we control the narrative here. So it doesn't matter if somebody like the Bible predicts the end of the world and they put it in Revelations. Even in the Bible, if you read that, it doesn't say those things are going to happen. It says there's a disclaimer saying these things will come to pass if you don't change them. Okay, so all the religions talk about that. We are in control and drive the narrative. So when somebody like Nostradamus throws out these these things, Nostradamus, by the way, had the same disclaimer at the beginning. If you go and actually read any of Nostradamus' stuff, right? And I, and I don't mean like read somebody's interpretation because they can just drop that part off. Most of the time, they don't if they're a good scientist. He says these are the things that I saw that will come to pass unless these are warnings. Unless you change things, this is what I see. These horrific things. Okay, so it was never 100% certain this is what's going to happen. Everybody has that interpretation in their brain because people who are trying to disqualify them tell you that. They don't want you to understand, nor do they want you to know, that we collectively as a hive mind control the narrative. So if someone says the world's going to come to an end, if we all believe that, it's going to come to an end because we make it happen. This is true. It's true with everything. Okay, if you believe in something so strongly and somebody says, I'm going to give you the death finger touch. And if you believe that that person has the ability to kill you, you will die when that person tells you to die because you believe it. Yes, Julie says, I've heard the, the, that too. Q military psyops versus AI computer to flush out conservatives. Yes. Okay. And then the whole thing, if you go on there, then they have people that are in there that are trying to turn you into this aggressive uh, um, hate speech um, stuff going into the Q places. And then all of a sudden they start sounding like they hate, I hate them naggers. Q says, kill the naggers and the Jews. No, Q's never said that. That's somebody that's planted there trying to ring some of those people out. Because the truth is, if you know anything about human beings, is that, that if, you, if you have the ability, and a lot of people do, to persuade people, you can persuade people, and that is mob rules. The more acolytes you have that you persuade, the more people you have the power to persuade because the people behind you also do the persuading. Do you understand? That's why when you, you know, what's his name? Uh, 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 Hitler had said, and, and this is paraphrasing, but it's not the exact quote, but it was, it was, you know, if you want to propagate something, you tell a lie and you tell it often. You tell it as often as you can because eventually people start believing that. If someone tells you something over and over and over and over and over, you start believing it. That's why they said impeach Donald Trump on every news station more than 350 times every 24-hour time period. Every single day for three and a half years. 
impeach Donald Trump, impeach, impeach, breaking news, breaking news. This is the bombshell. This is the one. We've got him. We've got him. We've got him. I know. I've seen proof. I have the proof. The proof is out here. Here's the proof, and I'm going to show it to you. There was nothing that ever happened. So they had to impeach him over nothing and just get together as a party. Once they convinced enough people, more than 50% of the population, why was that important to them? Do you understand how that works? More than 50% of the population, so therefore they went ahead with the impeachment. Uh, But they wouldn't do it until there was 50% or more. When it got to 56%, they made their move. 56% of the people are now convinced that he needs to be impeached. They're, They're with us. They won't stop us. Seminal point. Do you understand? They waited until they got that po- to that point. Why? Because we would have said no and thrown them out of office. Because we have the power. We drive the narrative. So they're trying to drive the narrative into your brain that you're, there's a race war going on and you should be afraid of all races because they're coming for you, white people. And they tell all everybody else, look, the cops are all racist. They're going to kill all the blacks and the, and the Chinese and the Jews. So the whole thing's propagated. It's a lie. Whole thing's a lie. So they're doing that. That's part of what they're doing. And they do it on both sides. So don't get me wrong. Don't look at me. I know that some of you hearing me talk right now. Obviously, he's a Republican. I get that every time. Democrats immediately knee jerk that I'm a Republican. And then when a Republican shows up in the room, they knee jerk and say I'm a crazy liberal. That's the truth. I'm neither. That's why. Okay. There are more people currently uh, uh, registered in the United States of America as no party affiliation than there are Republicans in the in, registered in this country. The only other uh, uh, population that's greater than no party affiliation is the Democratic Party. So if the Republicans get the vote, they overwhelm the Democratic Party. It's because most Americans are moderate and these 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 uh, forever party line partisans are still talking politics that was going on 150 years ago, okay? And times have changed, but they don't want that to change, you know, because they've been in office for longer than I've been alive. Nancy Pelosi's been dead 20 years and doesn't know it, and she's a walker, okay? Dianne Feinstein died in 1900. She's still doing it. And I know that to be true because Dianne Feinstein was at the, uh, she was the waitress at the Last Supper, right? Last time I prayed, Jesus said, hey, that Diane chick, that Diane Feinstein, I just saw a picture of her on your news. Do you realize that I knew her, slapped her ass when at the Last Supper? Okay, so these people have been around for decades. They're old, they're wearing diapers, and they're dementing. And they're in charge of all the governments around the world. Look at the queen. The queen in England is 872 years old. And have you looked at Philip? He's dead long ago. He's reanimated. He's a, he's a walker. That man's dead. They didn't realize it until he crashed his car into the ditch, and then they realized he didn't have a pulse. But he woke up and stood up anyways. And was like, oh, what happened? These people have been dead for a while, okay? They're too old, and when your brain doesn't work when you're that old. I don't care, you know, you, you know, like Donald Trump, they're like, oh, he's quick as a whip. Yeah, but he's not as quick as he was 20 years ago, right? <clears throat> he might be quicker than, than Sleepy Joe. Right, I mean, Julius is right. Yeah, yeah. Philip's gone. Have you seen his eyes? That guy's a walker. He's dead. <laughs> He's a walker. He's gone. Okay, but so their agenda is what it is, and it's this rich, money, families, and stuff that's going on. I know people hate to hear this because, like, oh my God, these are conspiracy theories. If they are, here's what I tell every single person on every show: If you think that anything that I'm uh, talking about is a conspiracy theory, look it up. Find the proof to prove to me 
that it is, in fact, a conspiracy theory and that I'm completely wrong, I'll put you on my show and let you tell the whole world. I'll do a whole hour on you. Let you tell the whole world and kick my butt on. And no one's done it in six years that I've been on the air. Because I'm not making it up. Because I only talk about it because I thought it was crazy. And it was a conspiracy theory. And I wanted to prove those people wrong. So I went down that rabbit hole and started investigating things. And the more you go, the more you learn, the more you realize what really is going on in the background. Right? When you consider that, that Ford, of the Ford Motor Company, at the turn of the century, said if Americans understood how global economics worked, there would be a revolution today. He said that in 1905. Do you understand that? I wrote a book about global banking and the banking commissions and how, how all the money works, right? And, and told everybody, look, it's all fake. If you know that, you can get ahead. And here's all you have to do is play their game. Donald Trump paraphrased my book in one of his speeches when he said, if you know what I know, any and every average American can be debt-free and end up wealthy. You just have to play the right games the right way. And you get rid of your debt. You have to change something about you and the way you live. That's what people don't want to do. They just want to blow all their money. They don't want to have to do anything. They don't want to have to learn to cook. They don't want to have to learn to make their own coffee. They don't want to have to learn to make any kind of food. They don't want to brown bag it to go to work. They just want to go and drive and sit in a drive-thru and bitch because there's no time in the day while they wait 20 minutes in every drive-thru. Got to go get my coffee. Now I got to drive across the street and sit to get my biscuits for the breakfast, whatever breakfast sandwich that you want. You just wasted an hour of your day and you just spent more than half of the money you earned in that day or close to it just to get a freaking coffee that you like and your breakfast. You, you just spent 15 to $20 and you're going to take home probably 50 if you're lucky after taxes. So you've almost taken half of your, of your paycheck just at breakfast. Then you go out at lunch and do the same thing and buy another $7, $8, $10 lunch. Then you go on the way home and you buy the same stuff. So you've spent your day's pay almost just going to fast food restaurants. Then you come home and everything in your house is plugged in, drawing power 24 hours a day. Every appliance you own is plugged in. Right? You got lights that you have. Well, I leave these lights on for the dogs. They like it. I leave the TV on for the cats. And I play music for the fish. That charges money that you have to pay for the electricity. <laughs> right? You fix all that shit and all of a sudden you have three extra hours a day and $400 every month. Well, how the hell did that happen? I actually have money in my, okay, that's that's what they don't want you to know, right? That's their, all of that stuff they're taking from you. You don't get to know that you're in charge of the narrative. You don't get to know that you, all they want you to know is what they tell you. And that was because, why is that, right? You're so old-fashioned. Julie says, I'm so old-fashioned, but I did good. All my all my kids can cook and do, all, and do that all the time. That's good. My father taught me, and, and he was a cook. So was, his, so was my uncle, my mom's brother. That's how they met, right? That's how my mom met my dad was my dad uh, met my uncle. But that's another story. Uh, but they ended up working together in different places, and they were, they were both cooks. So my father told me when I was younger and my brother, and including my four older sisters, that we needed to learn certain things because we couldn't rely on anyone else to do them. So we learned how to do that stuff. My father said, you know, he was a jack of all trades and a master of none because he was able to speak to any subject, and he was able to do any work. He didn't have a, a college degree. He left the high school early when he was 16 years old or younger to join the military and had grandma lie about his age and his birth date 
so that he could get in the military to get away from his father, who was a drunk who beat everybody up when he was drunk. All the boys, all three boys, my father and all, and both of his brothers, joined the Second World War to get away from their father. Okay, so none of them graduated from a college. When they come back, they just did whatever they could find jobs to do, whatever they were good at. Right, and that's what you could do back then. When they took all that away. Right. And then what happens is they, they, they outsource that. And then this is where I'm going to go into the whole um, border crossing. So they outsource that stuff to the people who don't want to do those jobs. When my people who were Irish came to America, they had to do the crap jobs that nobody else wanted to do. The entitled Americans didn't want to take out the garbage. They didn't want to run around policing people. They didn't want to run into a burning building. Right. So they wouldn't do those jobs. They didn't want to be landscapers. They didn't want to be maids. They didn't want to be seamstresses. They didn't want to do any labor jobs. They all wanted to be rich, sit on their ass and have people slave labor around them. Okay. And at first they just had slaves that did it. And then when slavery was abolished, they had indentured servitude, which is slavery, but they just don't have a chain tied around their, uh, their neck or their, or their foot. Right. And then when see people try to do away with that, that's still going on now. Slavery is still going on now. It's just gone underground. Okay, and it's not just like uh, all African-Americans. It's anybody. What we have going on in America is not racism. It's social classism. It's the rich and the elite. And this is the that's the part they don't want you to know. They want you to keep looking at racism. Look, look at racism. Fear each other. Fear each other. Fear each other. You have to fear each other. Don't integrate. Don't integrate. And now they're pushing for for uh, uh, for everybody to be non-integrated again. Right. They're pushing for segregation. And they're and they're making they're gaslighting each race into and them believing that they should be doing that this is a good thing, right? You got the African Americans going no 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 we have to have our own black graduation. Yeah yeah and we Asians want to have our own Asian we we Mexicans want to have our own Latino. So you white people you can have but white people can't have their own. See the white people got to have everybody who wants to go to that one too, because you're racist if you're white and you want to have your own uh, uh, people only, at anything. But we're not racist just because we're African-American. We can't be racist. So we don't want you white people around, right? So, so now you're being prejudiced against somebody because of their skin color saying you're not being prejudiced. No, I'm, I don't want those prejudiced people around me. So I want to have my own thing, right? So now you get your own television station, two of them. You get your own Black History Month. You get your own graduation. You get your own award ceremonies for music, your own award ceremonies for acting, your own award ceremonies for everything, right? And that's not racist, but no white people need to apply. But that's not racist. So then that emboldens the Hispanics to say, yeah, 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 we want our brown pride too. And that's not racist either. No white people can apply. No black people. We don't want any Asians in here. We're not racist. We're not racist at all. We can't be possibly racist. We're the underdog. Okay. But we don't want none of them fucking white people. Get them honkies away from us. I mean, I mean, you guys can, no, we don't want you here. Can't do anything about it. Okay. So now you go down to the Southern border where they, first it was the Irish. First it was the, the, uh, the truthfully, it was the Irish and the Chinese that were the slaves. And then they started getting the Mexicans in here and, or I'm sorry, not the Mexicans, but the blacks. And then they became the slaves and then they didn't need the Chinese or, or the uh, Irish, but we ended up like working on the railroads and they, we found a, a way we found jobs that we could do, which were all the shit jobs they didn't want, which they turned into union jobs. Then the Italians came over here and took them all away and, and made them their unions <laughs> so they could make money off of it, right? Uh, but, I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to get in a race war with the Italians. So they were ruthless. So they, then they started paying 
everybody to, to kind of join in their gang, but you couldn't be made. You couldn't be the, any kind. So they had their, their little version of the elite system, right? The Sicilians and the Italians were the, the two elites. And then everybody else would work for them and be hitmen and bagmen and do all that. But you never got up in the Royal family because you're not Italian. Even if you're half blooded, you're not Italian. Okay. So, so the caste system again was in place, right? And, but they took control of, but at least they empowered and got decent wages for the people who had those union jobs, but then there was jobs that they wouldn't unionize, and they, you know, working the industry of, uh, you know, the the uh, the farming industry. So now the Irish won't take those. In the second generation, you get emboldened. Pretty soon, you're an elitist. You just don't know it. And this is where they call that systemic racism thing. It's not. It's classism. People it has nothing to do with race. Because I'll tell you this right now. If it were if it were systemic racism. Right. Then there would be only jobs that only certain races got to do. But that's not it. You can take a job out in the fields if you want. But most of your African-American lazy ass kids like their white American lazy ass kids don't want to do those jobs. So even though they're bitching about racism and there's no jobs, they don't want to do the jobs where they actually have to fucking work. I didn't do those. Right. I ended up doing them, but I didn't want to. But then it ended up being, well, fuck, you know, I got to get a job. So my father gave me a good work ethic, so I wasn't afraid of those. So I would do whatever it is that I needed to do to, to have money. Okay? But most kids don't. And they're just like, all right, I'll go get a job because dad's making me. And you know this, people. You see them. You go to a fast food restaurant. You go to a, a, a convenience store. Hell, you go to Walmart. And every single one behind the counter, you can tell. I'm only fucking here because dad's making me. And I don't give a fuck about this job, but I'll do whatever I have to do so I can bring in a little bit of money. So all I'm going to do is not get caught fucking off because my lazy ass doesn't want to work and I'm going to try and figure out a way to not work my whole life. That's the work ethic of most Americans. So you're going to starve to death if you don't have somebody that's going to pick the crops in the fields. So you have these people who come from uh, you know, Central America, New Mexico, Central America, and South America, where that's what they do just to survive. They have their own little farm and their own little house. Right. They got their own food that they're growing, which Americans used to do until the 70s. Once the Reagan hit in office in the 80s, then it was done. Nobody grows their own food anymore. If you cultivated your own food and did that, you wouldn't be worried about going and picking corn in the crops because you do that at your house. You wouldn't be worried about going picking potatoes out of the ground. You do it at your house. Picking prunes, picking onions, working the onion fields. You'd be doing that because you already do it at your house. So when the Latinos come up here, they go and do that work. You know why? They get paid 100 times more to do that work than they do if they do it back home because they're getting paid American dollars. So why wouldn't they come up here and do that? So we need those people. We would have starved to death in the last year if farm workers weren't considered essential workers and if Mexicans didn't come up here to do it. We had no food. That food shortage they tried to scare you would have happened. As soon as the, the packing company started having uh, problems, they hired immigrants. To do the jobs, all the union people were like getting sick and saying, I'm not coming to work. So they hired scabs. They hired people off the streets, these, these people that were just Hispanics who would do the job. That kept food on everybody's table. Those people, and then everybody's yelling, oh, my God, there are all these people coming across the border and going to take our jobs. We should be applauding them. They saved our ass. They saved the whole world. In every country, you're going to find that some sort of immigrants, low-life somebodies from some country, wherever you are in the world, that you guys all consider the peasants or the or the serfs or whatever, they're the ones that you see in your convenience stores and picking your shit in your fields, okay? You're not going to see the entitled people doing that. So those are the people who saved your ass, literally saved your bacon, okay? So 
I'm not saying that we should give everybody a pass either. Don't get me wrong, but we need to do something. We can't keep taking people. Do you guys realize that in the United States of America alone, that that the population of the United States of America since 1985 has grown by 180 million people? That's like what 40 years, 35 years, 180 million people. That's the quickest growth. Right. But here's the other thing, too. Between 1981 and this same time period, the planet's population went from 4.5 billion to just under 8 billion. Okay. So we have a population explosion that's exponentially insane that has been happening. Now you can go with the, your spiritual mindedness and say, well, that's the emptying of the well and that all lives are all being here because this is the end. This is it's coming to it. You could you could go down that road if you want to believe that because you have the choice. Okay, so we have this fake narrative that's being propagated onto us. Yet we're we're a, a subsistent, right? We only exist because these these lower supposed uh, you know slave labor races are doing the work. First it was the Irish, then it was the Chinese, and it was the Irish and the Chinese, then it was the blacks, and then it, now it's the Mexicans. For the Latinos. Okay, and they're a proud people. Now, there's a difference, and I talked about this with race culture as well, right? When you, when you get beaten down enough as race, eventually you rise up and you stop being a victim. Once you stop being a victim and start being a survivor, then your race survives and you become more proud because now you're proud to be who you are and you stand up to spite those people. It's like when the American military went over into the Middle East and they started calling everybody over there, uh, you know, all the whole coalitions from around the world, not just America. But they started calling them infidels. So what are they, I don't know about the rest of the world, but the American troops started taking that tag on. Proud member to be. They put infidel on their on their jackets, on their on their uh, their camouflage. They actually have that written on them now. Infidel, Team Infidel. There's a whole line of clothing that's Team Infidel over here in America because of it. That's the same thing as is you know uh, people calling black people a nigger and then they call each other nigger all the time. They take that on. The Irish did the same thing with when they called us Bug Irish or Mix. You know, you're a Mick. What up, Mick? You know, you're a Mick. Look at that Bug Irish. Right. Well, we, we turn that around and we call each other that now as a nickname. If your name is Mike or Michael, you get called Mick. <laughs> right. I had a buddy. His name was Jeff McFadden, M-A-C. He was his name was Mac. That is the that is literally the Scottish word for boy. <laughs> right. I mean, son of O'Neill, son of O means bloodline of Mac means means bloodline of. Right. Just like Johnson. That's that's John's son. Leaf, Eric's son, Eric's son, right? So, so that, that's another thing, too. They give all the people the names when they free the slaves. You get all the names of what they consider the slave races. That's why you have Shaquille O'Neal, right? You got people with names like Johnson, Henderson. Those are all the, the Norwegian, Viking, Celtic names. That's what the English, Italian, uh, Greeks consider slaves, okay? So the, so the same people that were in charge forever in the world are the same people that are in charge now. Romans or Greeks or English, right? So, and that, and that includes like Spain and, and uh, France and all those guys. Now they're, they're second seed. See, they don't like that. They're second seed to the English throne. All the other, all the other kingdoms are gone. It's only the, the United Kingdom that's still there as a kingdom. All the other ones on the face of the earth are disappeared now. Right. 
they're still kind of there, but they're not there the way that the English throne is and the Italian throne is and the, and the Greek throne is, right? They each had took a turn to rule the world for a very long time. Spain was the only one that got in there that, that uh, was able to hold on to their royalness. The French tried during the Crusaders <clears throat> times. <clears throat> they tried to make their name known. And that's why the, all the fighting has always been over the, with the same people. The French versus the Germans versus the Spanish versus the Italians versus the Greeks versus the Romans, right, versus the Africans. It's all the big houses that rule the planet. Okay. And that's true. You can look it up, guys. I'm not making anything up. So now what's going on here is you have this narrative getting back to the race thing. Then you have this narrative that um, what are we going to do at the border? And here's the funny thing about the border. During the, the time when the, when the Re Republicans were in charge, there was a crazy crisis. Oh, my God. They're being caged like animals at the border. And they were hot. They had cameras. And they're out there all the time. And then you have Sandy uh, Cortez is out there crying. That's uh, that's uh, AOC, by the way. Her real name is not Alexandria Acacia Cortez. It's Sandra Sandy Cortez. Okay, so now you have uh, AOC crying at the border over nothing with crocodile tears. And it's all over the news, right? So then they try to do something about fixing that. Now that Joe Biden's in charge, you don't know this because if you haven't gone there or actually watched and saw people who actually went there, uh, you wouldn't know this, but the crisis at the border is worse by 10 times right now than it ever was under Donald Trump, even when the big caravans were coming, because there's a big caravan that came and they're still coming. Okay. In the state of Texas alone, now the borders in the United States, if you're not from here, the borders to Mexico and the United States are the Texas southern border. This is from the east going west to the west coast. Texas, Arizona, I'm sorry, Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, then California. Okay, and that's just going from east to west. You can go from west to east, doesn't matter. I, just the way I picked it. I picked Texas first because they have the biggest border. In the state of Texas alone, 100,000 people were stopped at the border, trying to cross the border, caught. They said, and that was in a two-month time period. In that, in, in that same, no, it was in a one-month time period. In that same one-month time period, they said there's at least another 70,000 that didn't get caught. So that's 170,000 projected people that came through the southern border in one month. So if that's the standard for Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, and California, I got to be somewhere close to that. So if we average that out, because Texas is a bigger border, right? So let's take it all the way down to only 100,000 people. So that's total caught and sneaking by. 100,000 people per state times four. One, two, three, four. 400,000 people in a 30-day time period on the low end of the scale came into the United States. And currently there's almost 12,000 children being detained without their parents in these cages. And now they have this new, they use cargo containers and they cut a hole for a window and they cut a hole and that window has bars on it and they cut, so they can't get out. Why would they do that? Why would they put bars on a window if the kids can will come and go as they please? That's kind of weird. Don't you think? Right, so they don't want the kids climbing out the window and falling. Well, they just make the window not open. But wait, they still have bars on their wire. They're afraid they're going to escape, break the window, and run away. That's not that's detention, then, isn't it? That's not we're holding you here until we can find your parents. That's you can't leave. Anyways, that's just my observation. They have air conditions in there and heaters, but they won't let anybody go in. Now, here's the thing: they have actually been told verbally. This has been taught on the news. You won't hear this if you're on the propaganda machine that is the for the for the uh, uh, communist party that they're trying to put into play. 
Okay, you'll only hear it for the propaganda machine that's running for the Republicans because they have everything to lose and nothing to, you know, nothing to lose and everything to gain by pointing this out. However, that's how you get the truth out. When you go and you have two kids, he said, she said, he started it, she did it first. The first thing you do is ask them both separately what happened. They're both going to lie, point the finger at the other person and make themselves a victim. But in there, between both of their stories, you're going to hear what actually happens. Do you see? You're going to get you're going to get a little bit of the truth of what actually is going on. So the Democrats are saying when they ask the press secretary, uh, you know, is there a crisis at the border? She replies by, "You guys like to get this label thing going. We're not going to play labels. So we have, you know, what's going on at the border is what's going on at the border. Well, would you consider that a crisis? No, it's a situation. Well, how do you explain the fact that there are 10 times more people at the border now uh, and it's not a crisis than there was ever at any one given time under Donald Trump's regime? And that was a crisis every day from start to finish. There you go with your labelism again. We're not going to label things. Just we have a, a we well, it's just trying at the border right now. Okay, so they won't. They, so then people go there. They're these and that, these people are trying to go and film it or going there. And the, the guys, the Border Patrol are saying, I can't let you in there. What do you mean you can't let me in there? We've been given orders that no press can get any information, any data, nor can you go inside these uh, installations. Well, who, where did that come from? Why can't we do that? That came from the top. So, okay, the top of what? The top of Homeland Security? The top of the, the, uh, of the, you know, the Border Patrol? No, 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 that came from higher up than that. Well, how far does it go? Go to the White House. So the White House is telling the Democratic Party is ordering everyone along the border to not cooperate with and not allow them to go on any any uh, uh, ride-alongs. No one can go on ride-alongs with them at night or anywhere along the border. They can't go and look at the facilities where these children are being held in, and they can't see inside these cargo containers to see what the conditions are in there. Why is that? Why is that? If there's nothing to hide, you don't hide it. If you're being transparent, you open the doors and let people in, even if it makes you look bad. So we don't have a crisis at the border. There's nothing to see here. And, oh, by the way, you can't come any closer. Get back or we'll arrest you. I just want to talk to the kids. No. Well, I just want to film where they're at. No. What's going on in there that you won't let me see? Nothing to see here. Move along. Trooper, move those people away from here now. That's what's going on on the southern border. Go down there. Any border, go there and see if you can get any information. You're going to get arrested. That's what's happening. Why is that? That didn't happen under Donald Trump. No one was ordered not to, to, to let them in. They let them in and let them film everything. Went on ride-alongs. Let them see everything, even if it pissed them off, even if they were, yeah, they caught us. It's a crisis. we got to fix it. Why is it being hidden by this regime? Why? Because it makes them look bad. So they don't care that there's a crisis at the border like they claim Donald Trump didn't care, even though Donald Trump tried to do something. Now they're secretly trying to hurry up and build other facilities so they can spread these kids out because if they if somebody storms the gates and goes in there, they're probably going to find out they're packed in like sardines, the same way the cartel ships them on, when they ship them that way. Find them coming in from Asia like that all the time. Sometimes whole cargo uh, containers full of dead people because they didn't make it before they died. 
Okay, so that's what's really going on down there now. You can look that up. So we have this double standard that's happening, and it's and you have these news agencies and big tech going right along with it. Nothing to see here. Move along. You must be one of those white racist uh, uh, KKK members, one of the part of the Proud Boys, or a, or a militia listening to Q, huh? That's why you're down here. We ha- we have the governor of the state of California is being recalled by the people of the state of California and more than 2 million people have signed the petition to get it on the ballot. You know what he calls those 2 million people? You guessed it. White racist QAnon following a militia KKK proud boy members. I'm not kidding you. He just said that on the news the other day. So he's calling 2 million people who signed calling them all racist. Every single one. Okay, so that's blatant. So that means that they're literally calling out that anyone who voted for Donald Trump, 75 million Americans, which is the highest amount of people that ever got any vote for any president in the history of the world. And I'm not going to talk about the the amount that that uh, Sleepy Joe supposedly got because that's a fucking lie. Okay, and if it wasn't, why were they hiding, doing the same thing they're doing now? Nothing to see here. No, we're not going to recount those. No, we're not going to re-verify signatures. We did it once, and we're okay with it. Even though there was weird-ass anomalies, like like only 1% of the people did anything wrong, even though 99% of the people have never in their life filled out a ballot that way before I mailed it in. When on a normal basis, when people can do that, there's 30% that's thrown out on average every year. People who do it every single year get 30% thrown out. But when you had the entire nation do it because of COVID, they only had 1% thrown out. Okay, I must be really fucking stupid. My IQ must be 75. If I buy that, I'm a fucking moron. If you buy that, you're a fucking moron. And I'm not afraid to tell you that and call you out. Because the truth is, if you buy that as okay, then you also think that, that Lee Harvey Oswald shot Kennedy in the head. Right. He shot he shot JFK. Okay, and and then you think John Wilkes Booth died in after he shot Abraham Lincoln because they burned his body beyond recognition and claimed that it was him. You also uh, believe that that what's his name? Um, Oh, hell, I can't think of his name now. Uh, The the, the cowboy who uh, um, who Pat Garrett shot. I can't think of his name. (laughs) Billy the Kid. Pat Garrett went and found Billy the Kid in old Mexico. That's what they used to call it back then. Because New Mexico is a state. It was a province at the time. It wasn't even a state at the time. So they find him in old Mexico, and he shoots him, kills him, buries him there, and then comes back and says, yeah, I got him. And everybody believes that. Now, what's wrong with that picture? What's wrong with that picture is that Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid grew up together and were best friends and used to be bad guys together. And then Pat Garrett decided to go straight and he ended up a sheriff and ended up making sure that he was the one to hunt Billy the Kid down. And the only one who found Billy the Kid and claimed that he shot him and killed him and said it was over. And then this guy appears here in California 25, 30 years later claiming to be Billy the Kid. I remember when I was a kid because he died in the 70s. I remember when I was a kid, I saw the interview. And they went and he showed all the scars where Billy the Kid was shot. Look, here's where I shot. Here's where I was shot in the back. He had everything about him and knew everything that he knew. And they, everybody thought, well, what do you want? You want money? And he said, no. All he wanted was his pardon, which is what he was trying to get back then. That's all he wanted. He ended up dying of cancer before they could do that, and they still won't believe that he's that guy. And you have to be a moron not to watch that video and think that that was not really the guy who was Billy the Kid. 
Okay. So there's certain things that people do that they cover up and people buy it. And now let's get back to JFK. Well, Leo, you're tripping on the whole JFK assassination being any kind of plot. It was, it would had to be, what's his name? Lee Harvey Oswald. Well, if that's the case, then why is it that they put a referendum on the investigation for 100 years that nobody could investigate JFK's murder for 100 years? Why would they do that? Welcome, Eric. Why would they do that? Why would they say you can't investigate this? No one can investigate this for 100 years. We're, we're telling you what happened. That's the way it is. Case closed. And oh, by the way, it's a felony to try and investigate this. You don't do that if you're honest. If you have nothing to hide, there's no way of hiding. There's, there's no reason to hide it. Right? If you're hiding something, omission is the same as a lie. If you omit information from somebody, that's the same as lying to them. Okay? Like the coronavirus testing equipment. Every single test for every single uh, um, um, germ, bug, anything on the face of the earth since the dawn of time has a false positive percentage. It's always that way. There's a certain percentage that they find during the testing that you test somebody and they come back and it says that they're positive for the virus. You test them right then again and it comes back negative you test them again it comes back negative you test them again and then all of a sudden it comes back positive then you test them again and you start to see a pattern okay you do your due diligence and you see a pattern and then you go okay this has a one percent fail rate one percent positive that is fake but yet with the coronavirus there was never talk of that why because they wanted you to believe that 100 percent of what they said was true Doctors came out and asked why that, that was that way. Why is there no number that is the, it can't happen? And also, they don't want you to know that the virus can't mutate from animals to a human as quickly as that one did. That one did it in a year. The average is 100 years for any virus unless humans intervene and introduce said virus to be receptive in the human bodies. But this one we're supposed to believe jumped over evolution, the only thing that's jumped past evolution in the history of the universe, and became a, 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 a pathogen that would enter the human being's blood and only target a certain group of people, which, just like AIDS, only targeted a certain group of people, by the way. Right? Now, I don't know if you guys remember, right? Let's, this, is, this is Here's your conspiracy theory again. I don't know if you guys remember back in 2018, the summer, of 2018, summer for the United States of America, summer for the Northern Hemisphere. And there was a bunch of people over here in the Bahamas, not just the Bahamas, but over there in the in the Caribbean, the Caribbean, depends on how you want to say it. Tourists, and mostly American tourists, but there were some from other countries too, but we here in America only really heard about the American tourists. They had this strange illness that they got very, very quickly. That they got, I actually have three books, Eric. He says, he's going to, he says, uh, uh, he says, shout out to Leonard O'Neill. Thank you. I'm going to buy your book soon. Can't wait to read your stuff. I actually have three books. 
<clears throat> the Orion Rising book is really raw. Actually, all of them are raw. I didn't pay people to to do the. I I published them myself, so I didn't pay editors to go in and, and correct my gra grammatical errors, my spelling errors. I ran it through a computer, and at the time, the computer programming wasn't as good as like Grammarly is now for the for the for the computers. So there's a lot of errors there, and it was raw, but the, the information needed to get out at the time. So if you read Orion Rising, it's not. It's really raw, but it's a it's a what if. It's like Dan Brown's. Uh, what if to Da Vinci Code? Mine is the what if to Ancient Aliens, the whole TV series. What if all that's true? And they put together a scenario, which I found out afterwards is actually uh, factual. It just has the different names, but it's actually all the places and all the stuff I talk about are in fact real. And all of that stuff that I put in my book uh, that doesn't really tell you. And it's just like you kind of wonder what's going on, but it doesn't really tell you that like for instance, here's some spoilers. It seems that on every team that is part of the resistance, that there's more female characters on the team than male than male characters, and they seem to be a little bit larger than normal women on America in the United States or on our planet. It's because three out of every four people that are on that team are in fact not born on this world or off-world personnel fighting the war to help us. You don't get to know that until the second book. Well, I haven't published it yet. So I'm giving you a spoiler for anyone who hears this, Eric. If you hear, if you're going to go buy it, um, right? So, so it is. So it is raw, and it and it is. But the language is the language that you will understand. It's done very well that way, um, and it's actually places um, where I lived, right? The, the 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 city and the town where the two boys live in. In fact, the house that they live in, where they're doing Thanksgiving, I lived in. Okay, and all the stomping grounds where they were at, I used to, in the San Francisco Bay Area, that was my stomping ground. So everything that they did in that story in the beginning, in the first couple chapters, I actually did in real life running around doing crazy shit. Okay, and then when uh, the, the older brother moves to Queen Creek, Arizona, I was living in Queen Creek, Arizona when I wrote that. So all the places there, the hospital, the roads, everything that you hear about there is actual real places uh, that you can actually go to even today. Right. So all of that is true. It's true stuff. Right. And then, of course, the underground military base, I can't I can't verify, but I've been told that it is there in that mountain range just south of Queen Creek. And they, there's an entrance at that Queen Creek airport that is right outside of town, a mile out of town. Not even that, like 500 yards out of town. So all of that takes place in, in real time with real stuff. So most of the places that I talk about in there are actual places you can find on the map and go to in that book. Right. So there was nothing there that was made up. And then the but the names are different from the actual military personnel. And then on the opposing side, um, that you'll find you you notice that the people are like really aggressive and seem to be stronger. That's because they're also aliens. So what you have is um you have on both sides of that book, and here's the reveal that you get in book two, which will come out next year or the year after, um, is that <clears throat> that there are aliens among us and they're actually in our in our military and in our government. And in our normal lives, we just don't know it because they look exactly like us, right? And some of them are holograms, and they're not, they don't look exactly like us. Like the, the main antagonist is actually a reptilian. And you catch a glimpse of him like twice uh, just before one of the guys goes unconscious. He sees something, goes, wait a minute, what was that? And then he goes out and doesn't remember it right away. Uh, and the way his aggressiveness is and his strength. And his determination, he's, you can see he's in his lizard brain. So if you're really paying attention in a psychological way, you'll get more out of that book. And if, if you're a sci-fi fan, you'll get more out of that book than if you're not. 
because you'll start to see the things that writers write as sci-fi that leads you to believe and suspect that people are aliens or people are this or that. You see the technology, where's this technology is coming from that we don't have and they don't explain it. They go, yeah, it's kind of cool, right? Well, we'll talk about that later. So you, you, you start seeing the alien technology everywhere, right? So when you read that book, that's pretty badass. The other two books that I wrote are true. They're factual. They're not about, they're not the science fiction in any way. One is how to get out of debt and that's surviving in the 21st century. And the second one, which was supposed to be two books, uh, one book, but I decided to separate that because some people would read about finance and banking that wouldn't read about prepping and survivalists. So the other book is survivalist slash prepping for beginners. And if you don't know anything about surviving in the world without all of our technology, that's the perfect book for you. Uh, it, it tells you um, how to look for what in your area, because the truth is you have to survive wherever you are. So I don't say like, you know, this and that. I tell you in the cities, you can look for this. And when you're outside the cities, you need to look for that. And you need to look around the area that you're in and do some research now, because if the world goes crazy, what do you have? If you live in a desert, I don't care where you are. You actually have a better chance of surviving in a desert. If you actually understand your desert, there's more food there, uh, than there is in the cities. Right. It's, it's all growing there naturally. So I had a buddy of mine who said, dude, you're living in a desert out there in Arizona. You're going to die if the world gets crazy. I thought maybe he's right. I should look it up. So I looked it up and I was like, wait a minute. I got more food here than he does there. I'm fine. Stuff grows wild out there that people don't even know about. Fruits and vegetables and, and uh, you know, like asparagus. Who would have thought the, the southern desert of the, of the United States grows asparagus like grass? In fact, asparagus is grass. It grows all over. You just go out and harvest it, pick it and, and cook it and eat it. So so all that stuff grows there. That's why the people farm that stuff there. Avocados, all that stuff that are, that are grown in those regions of the world are because they were indigenous there. Anyway, so so that's all in the book, right? And those will explain those to you. But if you want a really good psychological um, space aliens beginning story, that's Orion Rising. Um, great. I like that book. This one, I, I love that book, but I get criticized. You know, people are like, you should really have somebody. I'm like, you know what? The, the message people who, who, um, attack people because of their grammar or their spelling or their punctuation are morons, right? No, they're, the problem is they're just all super fucking linear, right? So they're not really morons. They're actually, you know, they're actually sticklers for, for everything to be perfect. Like for instance, when you're, when you're writing, like if I'm going to write something and it's going to be like the Bible, I can't write it the way I'm speaking right now because no one's going to take it seriously. I have to write it in the style, right? Of the, of the Bible. So people understand that it, that's what it is. So they have a same, they have a, they have a, a cookie cutter uh, uh, combination for writing a, a certain writing style that you're supposed to write with. And I'm like, fuck you. I'm not going to write that way. In fact, I get more compliments from normal people because the conversation in Orion Rising is conversations you would actually have with other people, including banter and screwing around, talking to each other and talking shit. Right. And, and then you just corrected yourself. Right. That's funny. I know we do it. Right. I still do it. I'll say something. And go, you know, most of the time I do it like I did with, you know, when you go potato, potato, right. Put in tomato, tomato, you know, depends on where you're from, whether it's a pecan or pecan. Right. Depends on whether you're north, south, over here, or east, west in America, uh, how you pronounce things here, right? I call it pecan. People get annoyed with me in the back east. It's, no, it's pecan. I'm like, no, it's pecan, right? So pecan pie and caramel and caramel, right? I say caramel. People get mad at me. It's caramel. No, it's not. It's caramel, <laughs> right? It's just a matter of where you're from. That, that dictates what you say. So I look at those words and go, it doesn't matter. Tomato, tomato, potato, potato, potato. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, then shut up. 
I don't speak the exact same words you do. Okay. In, in uh, England, if you ask for a fag, that's a cigarette. You ask for a fag over here and people get offended with you and call you a racist and a sexist. Yeah. See, you say pecan, right? I say, or, or is that supposed to be pecan? I say pecan. <coughs> right. It's just a, you know, pecan pie. I like pecan pie. You mean pecan? Yeah. That. <laughs> if if you have if you have to correct someone, you're trying to impose your background and your upbringing and the way you speak. That's why people look down on us Americans and because we don't speak proper English. And even the English, if you do an English accent, I just did an English accent for a woman who was English. And she said, "Why are you talking like you're Scottish?" And I'm like, "That was downtown West fucking London." accent. I know that because I've had people tell me that and I've had people uh, uh, you know, uh, help me learn and perfect that accent. But she wouldn't admit it because I was an American speaking that. Why are you speaking like you're Scottish? I'm not talking like I'm Scottish. And the truth is these days, because of the world being as small as it is, if you're not you know, and every country has east, west, north, south, right? You go to Ireland and the guys in the east are like, we don't even understand the guys on the west coast of Ireland, what they're saying. So their accent's so thick, it's hillbilly thick, and they don't understand it. It's the same thing with, with uh, England. North, south, east, west, they all have a different accent. America's the same way, right? You come out to California, and they have that I'm from nowhere accent, or they all talk like this, dude, right? If I talk like this, hey, bro, back away from the flashlight. That's bright, dude. Everyone's going to automatically assume that that's a West Coast uh, L.A. accent. Right, like, oh my God, like, oh my God, Becky, look at her butt. That's South um, uh, California, okay, and that's the way they talk there. Or surfers talk slow, and they're laid back. Yeah, hang ten, bro. Who? No worries, Akuna Matata, bro, or bruh, you know, Akuna Matata, bro. There's no time to be like that, bro. People actually speak like that out here. I talk like 5,000 miles a second. People think I'm on crack or I'm on, you know, whatever kind of, I'm not. This is just me. My family is this way. We all talk like this. We're, we're you know, when I said to, to Mandy one day, I said, I'm a pike. She's oh my God, do you know what you're saying? I'm like, yeah, that's the word nigger for Irish people that the English people have devised. Yes. Pikey or pike with the accent, right? That means that me basically is the white nigger. That's what that means. It's what you would call a nigger if you were call, if I were black. I would be saying the word nigger, right? So, and that's what they call us. So it, it's okay. See, it's a different word, right? Different people. No, it's not. But the Irish, well, you know, we're, that means gypsy. Really, it means Irish gypsy. Uh, it means uneducated. Uh, uh, you know, same thing. It means uneducated uh, uh, gypsy, just like the white trailer trash means to white Americans. It means un, uneducated, you know, person that's a uh, uh, you know lives in a trailer trash. So. So that, you know, um, yes, this episode will be, Eric's asking, is this episode going up? No, no, it's not live on YouTube. It's only live on Facebook right now. I don't simulcast yet. I don't pay for it. Um, I, you have to, they have to charge me money for me to simulcast. I could do it with my operating system. In fact, I should because of the way that this is. Right now, you're not seeing my face anyways. So I could broadcast this on my operating system and simulcast on Facebook and YouTube, but it would be no video. You guys wouldn't be able to see my face. And since I'm not running my camera because it keeps turning off, I might just start doing that with my broadcast system so I can, but then I have to have my other two um, monitors up because I have to uh, monitor both chats, right? So I, I might go back to that. I did that originally. I might go back to that. So then Eric said, yeah, when I worked uh, in plants with 
Cambodians and Mexicans, they, they called me redneck. Yeah. See, there you go. Right. They called you redneck or they call you gringo or something like that. Right. Um, all, uh, all the time and, and walked around like it was normal. Yeah. See, so yeah, they called you redneck or they would call you, you know, yeah. They, they, and that was normal. So they were calling you a derogatory term. See, here's the thing. If you're white and you're from anywhere in a white country, uh, around the world, you can be called anything they want to call you, but you can't call them anything because they can't be prejudiced towards you because you're the prejudiced one. That's what they're trying to put on to us right now. Okay. They're because, because the fact is the troublemakers of the planet are white people. White people will rise up and kick your ass out of a country faster than any other race does. Therefore, they have to go after the white people and demonize them first because they want a race war to start. And they can't goat white people into killing black people, so they're trying to goat black people into killing other races to get the, the race going. And I'm not saying that because uh, that I'm racist. I'm saying that because it's a fact, okay? And I, and I talked about this before, and, the, and I'll talk about it again. And, you, and academics, even people who are African-American, who marched with Martin Luther King Jr., will tell you this exact thing. The fact, these words are not my words. These are their words that I, that I gleaned from them and said, hey, you know, I think they're right. I, I agree with what they're saying. I think they're very wise men, right, and women. Because the African race was enslaved, the, being the last one that was freed, because of that, they're, they don't have the, the development that other races were allowed to have. Each race, if you look at them, that was enslaved had a time period after which when they were no longer slaves where they still were uh, not as well developed, educated, developed, and emotionally um, uh, adult because that's taken from you. You don't get an education. You, you don't get a personality. You don't get to, to um, strive to better yourself in any way. You're, you just do what I tell you to do or I'll beat and rape and kill you. Okay, so that, that makes you submissive and you won't do that. Then when you come out, you're hurt and you're wounded and you're a victim. And anybody who does any work with anyone for any reason after you've been abused in any way, the very first thing the said doctors or psychologists or psychiatrists are going to say to you is that you have to stop seeing yourself as a victim and see yourself as a survivor so that you can then get over the fact that that happened to you and start to heal and move on. It has to do with everything. If you get in a gunfight, you get shot. If you go to war and you're the only one that walks out and your buddies all get killed, they call that survivor's guilt. You have to stop seeing yourself as a victim now. Why didn't I die? But they did. You have to get you to start thinking of yourself as the, the survivor. You survived for a reason. Stand up and move on. You lose somebody in your life, your mom, your dad, your brother, your cousin. They don't want you to live in that moment and just sit there and wallow in them gone and being gone for your whole life because you'll never do anything and you'll never you'll never go anywhere and you'll never evolve in any way. Do you understand? That's psychological 101, psychology 101. Okay, so that, so what you have happening is there's a, a concerted effort by the establishment to continue painting African-Americans as a what? As a victim. They keep reinventing the victim over and over and over again and putting it in their face. First, it was the, the KKK. Then it became the man keeping everybody down and not letting them have that with segregation. Then it became, even though they were enslaved, they couldn't have any of the rights. So then they had the Bill of Rights. Then they had the, you know what I mean? They had the, that movement in the 60s. And then it was, they went behind the scenes and it was secretly keeping the man down. 
keeping me in as a as a slave, keeping me not allowing me to get promoted, not allowing to and and there, but they were doing that to them. I'm not saying this wasn't being done. So then they started saying systemic racism. That came on. That came on about four four years ago, five years ago, when people started using the word systemic. And then they started using it for everything, and now it's used for everything. That's systemically this, systemically that, systemically this. It's the new catchphrase that everybody uses. Like when they started using um, the words, uh, what was it? Um, oh, what was it? They, they changed the inflection tone of, of well, like they just did uh, recently with equality going to equity. Right? They just changed all the Democrats changed that like they got a memo. We no longer say equality; we say equity now. Right. Was that, you know, was it a pen, uh, you know, was that a, a, a typo and everybody just went with it? Or was that something that somebody actually made that thought and said, this is what we do here? Do you understand? Well, here was the other one when they went from sexual harassment to sexual harassment. Those words actually mean something different. They actually mean something different. They don't mean the exact same thing. It's not like potato, potato. Harassment and harassment are two different things. They still mean almost the same thing, but they are different. So, these things change. Someone says something and everyone catches on. They like the way it sounds or they get a memo because I've noticed this pattern. Could it be just the seminal effect, right? The domino effect because somebody said it and enough people say it. And there's your being in charge of the narrative. Someone said it a certain way and pretty soon everybody's saying it just like Northern California invented the, the hella. Dude, that was hella cool. Man, you hella scared me. That was invented in Northern California. And when I was a kid, they started saying it. And it was, and now it's, I'm hearing it on television. It's getting to the point where it's going to be worldwide and everybody else is trying to take credit for it. It didn't come from people up here in Sacramento say, no, it came from here. No, it didn't. It came from the San Francisco Bay Area. I was living there and visiting up here and nobody up here said it. It was only the people down there. In fact, it was, it's so iconic to the Bay Area when the Golden State Warriors just won their championship, the first one they won after the big hiatus from the 70s. The first one of the four that they won, or the three and a half, whatever it was that they won, um, the first one when they gave the speech in Oakland, because they were playing in Oakland and they're playing in San Francisco now, which ooh, oh, scary, scary is five miles away from where they were before. <laughs> right, the stadium's five miles across the water. Oops, different town now. It's a big deal for people in California. It's not okay. So the facility's better. It's a better facility. It's easier to get to and everything. So, anyways. So in that speech, one of the guys, I don't remember who it was, was the owner or somebody, and he was talking about, uh, about you know, and then he, he was talking about that and the game and how great it was, and he said, in the words of you guys here in the Bay Area, that was a hella great game. And everybody gave him a standing ovation went absolutely insane because we say that thing here. So that happens and over time. That goes out from there. I mean, look at, you know, Fonzie with his A and his thumbs up. If you guys are American and you remember that, that TV series. So certain things set, certain things are said by people and it gets catched on by everybody and it goes around the world. Next thing you know, it becomes a commonplace thing that people say. Sometimes it's only driven by certain countries. That is the, the, that's the Doppler effect. It's the domino effect. It is the chaos theory. Okay, so that is controlling the matrix. When enough people say something, it catches on and everybody says it a certain way or they say that thing when they didn't say it before. So if, and this is me trying to show you how just in language the same thing happens and how important it is for people to understand that we control the narrative because the narrative has been taken from you by the propaganda machines that are all news stations around the world. 
because they all have the same agenda. They're all owned by the same people. So they're talking the same thing and they're talking it word for word. And I showed that by showing a video that was made from a guy in Canada that showed like 38 or 40 news stations. Literally, he put them all on the screen and synced up their audio and they were literally saying the same exact script in every city, in every state in the United States of America and Canada. The exact same words. Okay? So if that doesn't tell you something, it's scripted. They're not deviating from what whoever made up that, whoever wrote that script of what they were to say. Pass that out to every single uh, news agency they owned. This is what you will report on, and these, these are the words you're going to use. Do not deviate from this path. To paint a narrative. Why would they do that? Because if you want somebody to believe something, you sell it to them by saying it often. Over and over and over again until they believe it. That's what's going on. Race war, race war, race war, race war. There is no race war. There is no race war. You ask people who are around, they're still alive, when in the 60s or in the 50s, they will tell you you have no idea how good you have it. If you read my book, How to Get Out of Debt, Surviving in the 21st Century, I explained to you, here's a perfect example. It's not in that book, but here's a perfect example. There was a guy on a documentary that I watched, and he was a farmer, and he was a corn farmer. And he was in, uh, I think, the Philippines or Southeast Asia, somewhere around there. And he had a family of six or seven or eight people, including mom and grandma and all these people. Plus, he had a bunch of employees that he had to pay to cultivate the crops, pick the crops, all the whole nines, drive the trucks, do all the stuff, right? And he was very happy because he made enough money to put his kids through school and going to college and pay for his whole family and bought a house, kept everybody in food, plus paid all of his workers and had a net profit that would allow him to double his production for next year. And they asked him, how much money did you make in this year? And he profited 50 American dollars. And that was enough money to double his company and their output for the next year so he would profit 100 American dollars in 365 days or 364 and a quarter days. 50 US dollars. So I explained to you wherever you are, whatever country that you're in, unless you're in a third world country, if you're in a country that's owned by white people, you're not poor. You're just what I call America poor. You're just white people poor. You're entitled poor. If you live in Australia, you live in America, you live in Canada, you live anywhere in Europe, <clears throat> anywhere that, that white people own the country, you have the same exact inflation, and the money doesn't change too much. But when you take that same money and you go to Mexico, Central America, South America, Africa, Asia, Southeast Asia, you go to any one of these other countries, and you're well off, if not a millionaire. So you're not actually poor. You're just America poor if you're in the United States because everything costs so much here. Right? That guy made 50 American dollars, and 50 American dollars was the profit. Think about that. You know, I, the money that I make on Social Security, I can't live on my own anywhere in this country. I have to have some roommate. But the money that I have that I make on Social Security in the United States, I could go to Egypt and I would be a, a above middle class. 
citizen, monetary. Same thing in the Philippines. I would be almost upper class. I would be upper middle class with that same amount of money that makes me like way below poverty level in the United States. So it's a matter of where you are, okay? And and the problem with that whole scheme is that we want to ask for more money, and that's the economics that you need to learn. You need to take a couple of classes or read my book because the, when, you, when you say, I want more money and I need a raise, that doesn't do anything. They give you the raise, and then the companies raise all their prices of everything to augment that raise you got. So you end up getting getting paid the same amount of money you got paid before, but you just have a higher dollar value in your bank, but it only goes the same distance, if not less, as the what you were paying for before. And that's the truth of it. You can look back in history and see that. Right? I tell this analogy every time when I entered the workforce. I was getting paid $2.50 an hour. That $2.50 an hour went farther than uh, $15 an hour would. That's not a joke. That's not a joke at all. Because the cost of living was so much less then. Right? Pack of cigarettes now is almost $10. was $0.33 cents then. Gallon of gasoline is in some places at $4 a gallon. They were $0.25 cents a gallon back then. So the money that we had went farther. So things were much cheaper because there wasn't so much inflation on our dollar. But there was even more inflation then than before. Because if you go back, you know, another 50 years from that to the 40s, it was it was even crazier. Like a loaf of bread was like three cents. Gallon of gasoline was 15 cents. So there was some inflation then. It's just everything keeps getting inflated and going higher and higher and higher and higher. The problem with that is that you need more and more and more and more money to pay for it. And then they, every time you get more money, they raise the prices. And if you don't think that's true, and this is in my book, if you don't think that's true, then go and look at the price of, of gas in your area or a price of cars used and new in the area you live in. And then go to other areas like other areas you know that are richer areas and other areas that you know are poorer areas. And you're going to find that the cost of gasoline, cars, and everything is less in areas where people don't make as much money and more in areas where people make a lot of money. It's designed that way. They do that on purpose. So that's why, like, if you're say, here in America and you move out to Arizona, New Mexico, or West Texas, the cost of living out there is super, super low. Why? That's the Sedona Desert. No one wants to live in that desert because the misconception of it's 135 degrees and I'll die out there. I want to move back. Culture clash like crazy when you move to areas. Same thing with the South in America. You move down South, everything is cheaper still. A house in the in the South in Louisiana or Louisiana is a little bit. When you get to the coastline, it gets a little more expensive. But Tennessee, things like that, a house there, would cost you like $75,000, and that would be a $2 million mansion in the state of California. That's not a joke. And it comes with land. You wouldn't get a land out here with it because there's no room. You'd have a, you know, a garage, and you'd have a front yard and backyard if you're lucky. You could get a, an acre of land plus the house that's a three-story house, five-bedroom, three-bath, two-car you know, two garage, three-fireplaces house, and it's, and it's like $75,000. That house would be more than $2 million out here. And then if you had the property, even more. So it's location, right? Location, location, location. So that you're not really poor when you think you're poor. It's just where you're living. 
Now, if you're living in Africa, you're poor because there's not very many people that are poorer than you are. So depending on where you are in Africa. So there are some areas that are poor because the people there are poor. But if you live in a country that's owned by white people, you're not poor. You don't even know that you're the rich and the elite. That's why other countries hate you. Because you don't even know how good you have it. You think that you don't have it well. African-Americans, we's, we's po and nobody lets us get anything done. Dude, you, uh, the clothes that I'm wearing right now, like three of the four items I have on, not including my socks, are hand-me-downs from someone who died. I didn't buy these. I bought the shirt, I bought the pants, I bought the underwear, and I bought the socks, right? My shoes, my hat, <laughs> my watch came from people dying. Right? There's people on the streets in L.A. who claim to be poor, uh, poor, po-dunk niggas. And they're walking around with a $1,000 cell phone and $1,000 with chains in their around their neck, diamonds in their teeth. I don't know where they got the money for this. Are they all just gangbangers? Is that what it is? Everybody's buying and selling dope? Well, they're, they're taking their riches and they're, and they're showing it, wearing it, wearing it out, and they're still saying they're poor. Driving a car that costs seventy-five grand. I don't have a car that costs seventy-five grand. I have a van that I paid two thousand for. It's fucking twenty-five years old. It still works really well because I keep it up, but it's twenty-five fucking years old. I'm not driving a brand new Cadillac Escalade. You know what I mean? I don't have all this hydraulics put into my car where I can jump my car over curbs and up onto onto you know twenty feet in the air and drive down the road and. And have these spinning tires and these low rider stuff and all the stereo equipment with a DVD player and a and a, and a parka that costs a thousand dollars with a with a football jersey that's a eight hundred dollar jersey signed by somebody. Guys, I don't know where you see this systemic racism at because I'm not, I don't have any of that. You're so entitled. You're white. It's the design. The whole place is designed for you. I wish that you guys would show me where that silver spoon is. Is it shoved so far up my ass that I can't find it? Because I was a po-ass nigga. Okay? I grew up po. I'm so po, I can't afford the R at the end of the word. Been that way my whole life. I've scratched and kicked and clawed for everything that I've gained in my life. Nothing was given to me. There was nothing that was systemically mine. There was nothing that gave me an education. I had to work for it. I had to pay for my own education. I didn't have rich, white, entitled uh, parents who were able to pay for everything. My first car came because my father died and I used his inheritance to buy my first car. And it wasn't brand new. I've never bought a brand new car. I've never driven a sticker car off the lot. My brother and I were just talking about that. He was talking about his car and deciding whether he was going to sell it and get a new one or, or fix the problem that's with that one because it costs about the same. And he says, just let's face it, I'm never going to drive a sticker car off the lot. I've never done it. My, my current wife, who I haven't divorced yet, we're supposed to be getting divorced at some point. She bought her first sticker car. She was all happy about it. She, she bought a truck. It was her first sticker truck, and she's in her 40s. Okay, so it's not like white people are entitled to all this stuff that people keep trying to tell you on, on the television that we are because we're not. It's not racism. It's classism. The rich and the elite against all of us. It's not white against black, Mexican against black, or Mexican against white. Or, there's no racial problems except for certain people who are racist. You can't have a society of people and not have someone who hates somebody because of their race. You can't. People are just evil and they hate other people for whatever fucking reason. Okay, so you guys got to understand that. So they're lying about all of this. Why? They're covering up things. Nothing to see here. Don't look there. Racist problems. You guys are all white supremacist Q fans, Q followers, and all this stuff. 
They're trying to paint a broad a brush. Are they going to start rounding up 75 million people pretty soon and putting them into jails? That's just in America. What about you guys over in foreign countries? Because I know you have the exact same problem there because of the exact I know this because I've been following this. This is a global phenomenon, not just something that, oh, well, France is different and Germany's different. No, it's not. You have different labels for the names of the parties, but you have a progressive conservative party and a progressive uh, liberal party. And then you have people that are somewhere in between. Most of human beings are in that middle road. And then you have the two uh, uh, alt parties that are being paid by the same backers to keep you looking. Look over here. Look over there. Look over here. Look over there. Look over here. Look over there. Race war, race war, race war, race war. That's what's being propagated around the world, people. And then let's get into COVID, right? Now they keep saying everybody needs to have a shot. Everybody needs to have a shot. Everybody needs to have a shot. Why? Nothing to see here. No reason. No reason. And yet you had the, the uh, um, what was the shot now? I always mess it up because it wasn't Pfizer. It wasn't Moderna. It was a different one. And people were starting to get, and it wasn't Johnson & Johnson. It's another one, the AstraZeneca. Thank you. AstraZeneca, they were having problems with that, and a whole bunch of people worldwide were starting to get blood clots. But so people, countries all over Europe stopped using it and outlawed it, and all of a sudden they go, "Oh well, there's no definitive proof that that's happening with those people. It's just a coincidence, and because they're losing a fuck ton of money." When anyone ever says to you, "There's no definitive proof," everything they're about to say after that is an out and out lie. That's a Jedi mind trick. There's no definitive proof for that. That's somebody who doesn't want to argue anymore and they're afraid of the truth. So they say that that in the word anecdotal. If they say the word anecdotal, they're, they, they're lying to you, especially when it comes to science. Oh, that finding is anecdotal at best. That's a motherfucker who's lying to you who knows the truth. I speak here now of Lord, Saint, God, uh, Tony Fauci. Okay? That man doesn't know his ass from his dick and he doesn't know which hole he's supposed to put it in. Pardon my, pardon my English. Pardon my American. That man is wishy-washy. He's a waffle if I've ever saw one. He's a mouthpiece, and he's gone back and forth on every fucking issue. I watched him in a span of 72 hours go from saying, you should be wearing three masks to, you know, if you had the shot, you should be able to just have, play and have whatever you're going to do and have your life, to turning around and saying, that's not exactly true. You should still wear a mask when you see other people. And we may not ever be out of the, the behind this because just like uh, Joe Biden just said the other day, uh, yesterday or today, whichever, because he says the same things over and over. He's like Donald Trump. He gets out there and he just goes, blah, blah, blah. He's like a chatty Cathy doll. You pull the string and let it go. And it says the same shit. Pull the string and let it go. And say every fucking uh, every time Trump got on stage, it was always my dick's bigger than their dick. And these are all the cool things they did. Unfortunately, he had to do that because nobody was giving him any airtime. So I don't fault him for that. But now you've got everybody giving Joe Biden all the airtime that he could possibly imagine and care for. And he doesn't speak more than 23 minutes ever because it's gone down. It used to be an hour. Right. Yeah. Fauci is a quack. Absolutely, Debbie. I agree with you. Fauci has something to, in this. He he is part of either Pfizer because he was the he was the original um, the first uh, um, head of Pfizer by the way or Moderna sorry he was the first head of Moderna so him and his partner who is the director of the CDC uh, have stock in one of these pharmaceutical companies it's either AstraZeneca or Pfizer or Moderna okay so he has something to gain. He has profits to gain from propagating this pandemic. He has money to be made from it, him personally. 
So he's he talked. You know, I just said to, earlier today, if I was the Native American in me, says that that Lord Fauci speak with forked tongue. Okay, for those of you who who don't know what that Native Americans what they meant by that was, that he talks out of both sides of his mouth, and what that means is that when when he's turned to his left, he's given one lie. When he turns to his right, he's given another. He panders to whatever it is that's going to satisfy people into continuing to give him money. He's lying like most of the other people are and that are they're wanting you to get this shot. But for what reason, I'm not quite sure. But they want you to get this shot. And then they keep saying, well, there's no reason to be afraid of this shot. Well, then why are you trying to pretend that the only way we're going to have herd immunity is the shot? When herd immunity, there's a definition of herd immunity that started before COVID-19. Okay. And it was the same from the dawn of time until COVID-19. And then all of a sudden herd immunity meant a shot. Okay, go and look at your Webster's Dictionary, your hardcover. Don't go online. You look online and they're going to tell you that, well, there is no definitive proof. No, it's untrue. It's untrue. Well, we have to worry about these hybrids now. There's this, there's these, these mutations now. That's normal. People calm down. COVID-19 is merely a flu bug. It has been from the beginning. Look at the numbers. Go back in time. See, they stopped last year in March and April. They stopped showing you the graph. They just kept telling you the numbers of people that got it and the numbers of people that died. They didn't tell you how many people recovered and where did they go? What happened to them? If they recovered without a shot, that means their body made the immunities to kill off the virus. Therefore, they have the antibodies to fight the virus off in their blood. And the weird thing is that once you had that, according to the CDC and all of history, Prior to COVID-19, you would never get that bug again. Except with COVID-19, all of a sudden, you can get it again. So just because you got over it once doesn't mean that you're clear. Just because you had a shot once doesn't mean that you're clear. So for the first time in history, we have a bug that you can get again and again and again and again and again and again. And the only way that you're going to get herd immunity is to get a shot. But that's not certain either. Wait a minute. What? That's a setup. They're setting you up for the long haul because then they're going, well, we have these new strands and we don't know if that's going to be effective. So if you've gotten the shot, we don't even know if it's going to be. And if you've had it already, we don't know. You might not have herd immunity and you might get sick and we all might die. We might ramp just back up as bad as we were last year at this time any second. So keep your mask. Keep social distancing. Keep doing all that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And some people, they have convinced of this and they're scared to death. They're scared to death now. I see it. I'll take my mask off just to walk around town to see what happens. And you see the people look at you like, oh, that guy's in his own car and he doesn't have a mask on. Oh, my God, his windows are all rolled up. I'm so going to get the disease from him. He's like 100 yards from me. They panic. If you see anybody, if you're driving down the road, guys, and you're not wearing a mask and you're near and near in your own car, you're, you're tripping. Okay, how are you going to get a bug from from the air this thing's not hiding under the staircase man it's not floating around outside like a like a blob going look there's a guy in a car steer towards him men steer towards him coming in make sure you hit those vents go through those vents and get in his eyes quickly quickly man quickly before he realizes and closes his vents got him sir he's infected quick out the back pipe out the tailpipe we got to get the car behind him okay if that were the case we'd all be dead because it would be sentient 
and then it would make sure that it would get into your into your body and make you walk over and spit on someone or kiss someone or hug them or touch them. And it would be a great sci-fi movie, but it's not. <laughs> it's just not true. It's just not how that works. Okay, guys, it's just not how that works. So they're probably going to delete me, but it's okay because I, I have this recorded and I'll put it back up anyways. <laughs> because I, I said the words the algorithm is targeting. All right, I'm going to get off here because I'm far longer than I was going to. I was just going to go four to five or four to yeah four to five, and now I'm almost to six o'clock. So I'm going to go ahead and get off here and probably lost most of you anyway because when I get going on about this stuff, you know, some of these people go, "Oh Jesus, he's a conspiracy theory nutball," and like I always say, prove it. Because when you go down that rabbit hole, you're going to find out that you're going to eventually agree with me. I remember it really quickly. If you watched all those vampire movies with the lichens. Right, and there was a bunch of them, and in the beginning, Celine was this devout uh, uh, hunter of of uh, lichens, the werewolves, and um, she saw that something was going on. That this guy, who was in the coven, she thought—I forget his name—she thought that he was trying to take over the coven, and uh, he was going to kill Marcus, who was the the head of the coven. So she's, she's going, and he says, "Celine," and he stops her. He says, "Listen to me." He says, "One day you're going to agree with me. Be careful what you're doing." You don't know the truth. That was in the first five minutes of the movie or first 10 minutes of the movie, right? By the end of the third movie, she was fighting with that guy against Marcus and uh, the other guy, the other people in the coven because the truth came out about what happened and what was really going on. And then the truth came out about her and how she came to be a, a vampire as well. And then she was lied to, and there was all these lies and all this stuff. And so I tell people it's it's just like that. You say I'm crazy, I'm a conspiracy theorist. I thought people just like me were this were crazy five, six years ago. People talking like me, I went, oh my God, there they go. Right? But then one of them said to me, go down that rabbit hole. And I said, All right, I'm gonna prove you wrong. And I started going down those rabbit holes and I started going, wait a minute. Oh, hold on a second. This can't be right. What the hell's going on here? Once you break your conditioning and you start gaining knowledge, people, you can't unlearn what you learn. And eventually you're going to go, I actually see what's happening around me. Once you do that, there's no going back. Then you have to decide whether you're going to erase your memory and plug back into the matrix and pretend that nothing is happening and all, all's fine and all's okay. And just hope and pray to God that you make it out before they come for you. Right? Or you start thinking, maybe we should do something about this. What can we do? Well, we don't need any physical uprising of any kind. They're wanting that so they can declare martial law and arrest everyone. Look at the Chinese. Okay? They want civil unrest. They want you to go out and protest in the bad way, not in the good way. The good way is the ones that they're paying for. So Antifa and Black Lives Matter are okay. Right? But if you show up at, at anywhere that's a government building and you're white people and you're there because you're protesting against what they say, you're an insurrectionist and it's a felony and you're going to go to jail and you're going to be held without bail and without bond. That's what they did with every single person they arrested in the state capitol. Yet people were murdering people and attacking and blow, blowing up police departments and burning down government buildings and burning down half of the cities and they were being let out with no bail by the same people who are arresting. Guys who walked, not broke in and crazy burned stuff and, and burned things down and shot people, but walked into the into the Capitol building going, hey, 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 look at this dude. Here's a picture of me standing by a flag, brother. Ha, ha, ha. They committed a felony and they're in prison with no bail, no trial, no rights, no nothing. 
but you have these people from Black Lives Matter and Antifa that burned down whole city blocks, government buildings, toppled statues, murdered people in the streets, beat people uh, and on camera where you see them cold cocking people for no reason and beating them and kicking them within an inch of their life. And they don't even get anything. No assault, nothing. It's, hey, hey, you know what? They were mostly peaceful protests. Oh, it was mostly peaceful, wasn't it? Nobody died except that guy and that girl that got raped and that building got burned down. And it was mostly peaceful, though. People were kind of standing around singing Kumbaya while they were beating people over the head with baseball bats. Yeah, it was peaceful. They weren't doing it out of malice. They were doing it out of love. Man, I love you. I got to crush your skull. Yeah. Yeah, because you're a neo-Nazi and I love you. And where's your building that you work in? I'm going to burn that down, too. Right? People had to put up signs that said black people own this. They were still burning them down. They didn't care. Think about that. All right, guys, that's enough of that because now I'm a white racist, nationalist, Bible-toting, gun-toting, neo-Nazi, whatever the fuck else, proud boy, KKK, which is really funny because I'm not, truthfully. Right? Truthfully, I'm a Roman Catholic knight knighted by the Roman Catholic Church as a holy warrior, as a monk, as a minister. I've also been ordained minister at the Universal Life Church in Phoenix, Arizona. Okay? I am a Jedi Knight in the Jedi Order in New Zealand. You can look all this up. I'm everything the opposite of what they claim I am. I have every skin color from every race on my body because I have freckles. So I can't afford to be racist against any skin tone because I have that on 25% of my body somewhere. My family is also very blended. I'm the whitest looking member of my family besides my mother and my grandfather. Everybody else looks Hispanic and Native American or black because <laughs> they are. Okay. I happen to be European uh, uh, DNA mixed with Native American. But you can't tell that because you, when you see me, all you see is the European, right? So immediately you assume that I'm that white European, English, Italian, Greek guy. Those are the ones who are the racist white people, the elite white people and the Germans. Those are the racist Nazis that are running the place. And it has nothing to do with racism. Like I said, it's classism. So I'm the opposite of I'm, I'm trying to preach nonviolence. But yet they would have you believe that just by looking at me, the system is set up so that I'm subconsciously a racist. I'm so racist, I don't even know I'm racist. I can't help myself. I'm so racist, and I don't even know it. It's just automatically programmed into my psyche to be racist. Anyone who thinks that is a racist, man, that's crazy. I love you too, Deborah. De Debbie says, love you. <laughs> All right, guys, have a great night. Thank you for being here. Pass this on to, to the people, and remember... Always question everything, everything. And once you do that and you do your own diligence, do your own investigation, don't, don't fact check shit. Those are, those are lies for one side or the other, right? If you're going to watch the news, watch like, say, turn on CNN and then turn on Fox. Go back and forth because that's the only way you're going to get the truth because both of them are going to spin for their fucking political party. There is no, there, there are people out there, but they're independent. There's no network television programming that is not askew uh, as a propaganda machine for either the Democratic Party or the Republican Party or whatever you call your parties in your country. One's a conservative and one is a, a liberal. 
and your news agencies and all of your television programming is propagandized towards leaning, slanting everything towards one or one or both of those parties, period. You have to understand that. You have to get past that. So you have to, the only way that you're going to know the truth is you're going to look at both sides. You got to look at both sides of the coin or you're not going to see what the coin looks like, right? You got to look at both sides. You always have to look at all sides. If you only find yourself going down one road, you're brainwashed. Do you say because you don't see the other side and you're not being told? Omission is a lie. Omission is guilt. Do you understand? Not allowing someone to see something, do something, be somewhere, learn something is you hiding something from them. That's called the truth. Do you see? All right, guys. Namaste. Have a great night. I would turn my camera on, but it's still off and I don't feel like fixing it again. It's probably not plugged in all the way. I'll have to fix it. I, I moved it around and banged shit and was moving my desk around last night. And that I'm sure is what's happened. And I got the cord caught on something. So I apologize for not having my camera on. Have a great night. Tomorrow night is the law of one. There'll be no politics talked about there unless it has to and relates to the aliens and that sort of stuff. But it won't be like this about news and scaring people into thinking that I'm a Republican or a Democrat. Okay, that's going to be about spiritualism, and uh, that's going to be 4 p.m. Uh, USA time tomorrow night. Same bat place, same bat channel. That's what they used to say about Batman back in the day. All right, so I love you guys. Uh, share this out, share this out. I'll see you guys tomorrow night. Have a great night. Namaste. Uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into the show. <laughs>